Let's head to the Canadian Newsline now, joined by White House correspondent John Decker. John, we know uh, President Biden has been busy maybe meeting with uh, various congressional leaders. Obviously, the rail strike, you know, one of his priorities. But there's another, a number of other priorities that uh, the president's laying out, despite this being that kind of lame duck session of Congress. Well, it is a lame duck session of Congress. A lot can get accomplished, and a lot already has been accomplished. In fact, yesterday, the Senate passed legislation in regards to same-sex marriages. Uh, And that particular legislation, which uh, means that every state in the country must honor a same-sex marriage from another state, uh, it passed with 12 Republican Senate votes. Now it goes over to the House of Representatives. Similar legislation has already passed the House with 50 Republican votes. So uh, that will certainly pass the House and then get to President Biden's desk for his signature before the end of this year. What else is on the agenda? Funding the government. Uh, Funding for the government runs out on December the 16th. And so that is another element that Congress is working on to avoid a partial government shutdown. Uh, And we'll see what they do, whether they simply kick the can down the road, fund the government through, let's say, mid-February, or fund the government through the end of the fiscal year, which runs through September the 30th of 2023. Uh, And then there's the railway strike. Uh, That is a real possibility. Uh, They're talking about a deadline of next week. But Congress is likely to get involved here, force uh, negotiations to continue with a date certain, or they could even impose uh, the contract, that tentative contract deal, upon all 12 labor unions. That's within the power of Congress. So a lot on the agenda during this lame duck session of Congress. Yeah, trying to get it done before uh, power in the House uh, transfers uh, to the Republicans. Exactly. Right. And and from the Republican side, I mean, I think we've heard a lot of uh, rhetoric about starting investigations. Uh, but as far as legislative priorities, other than that, uh, what do you think will be their priorities? Well, their first priority uh, on January 3rd, when the new session of Congress begins, will be electing a new Speaker of the House. Uh, And that is a a big priority, and we'll see what happens. Uh, Kevin McCarthy uh, thinks that he's going to be the next Speaker, uh, but he needs 218 votes in the House uh, to secure the Speakership, and he does not have those votes just yet. So he's been working feverishly, feverishly working with uh, trying to reach out to those 30 or so Republicans who did not support his run to be the next leader for Republicans in the House trying to get their support when that vote on the House floor takes place. As far as other legislative priorities are concerned, McCarthy has spoken about legislation related to border security uh, being one of the first items that he'll put on the floor of the House for a vote. Uh, And of course, uh, then it would need to go to the Democratic-controlled Senate, and uh, there uh, it will, whatever passes out of the Republican-held House will likely die because uh, it's for the next two years, it's, it's divided government, it's gridlock. Uh, I think that's what we're looking at um, over the course of the next two years. Yeah, it seems like is, there's not going to be really any consensus, any legislating to be done, and that's going to be uh, going back to the old days of continuing to talk about government shutdowns, funding delays, things like that, and using you know just the simple budget as some of those legislative tools to try and get some of the ideologies out on both sides. Oh, I think that's right. I, I, and uh, that's uh, unfortunate. You know, in, in the House of Representatives, in particular, uh, you have these two polar wings of the party. You know, you have the far left, the progressives, the far right, uh, the Freedom Caucus, and uh, there really is no middle ground in terms of trying to find compromise between these two sides. 
And when you're talking about Republicans having a very small uh, majority in the House of Representatives, uh, maybe five votes or so, uh, it's just going to be that much more difficult to find compromise, to find the middle ground, uh, to find consensus. And of course, you know, the Senate even tighter right now, which is why there's still so much concern with the uh, Georgia runoff, uh, maybe getting any kind of breathing room. But I don't even think, you know what, one or two votes could be considered breathing room, knowing what uh, we've already seen with this very, very (laughs) tight majority. Well, that's right. Uh, If uh, Raphael Warnock, the incumbent Democratic senator, wins that uh, runoff election, it would put the Senate majority uh, for Democrats at 51-49. And, you know, that one vote actually makes a big difference uh, for Democrats. They would then have more Democrats, at least one, more Democrat on every committee in the Senate, uh, make it that much easier to uh, confirm any uh, individual who's nominated by President Biden that needs Senate confirmation. Uh, And it would also give every uh, committee in the Senate controlled by Democrats subpoena power. They do not have that power with a 50-50 Senate. And of course, might, you know, maybe lessen the influence of some of the, uh, you know, moderates and uh, some of the, you know, kind of deal breakers that we saw in uh, Joe Manchin and Kirsten Cinema. Well, that's right. Uh, we'll see. I mean, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens with uh, the possibility of a 51-49 Senate. If it's 50-50 once again, then Joe Manchin continues uh, wielding a lot of power like he did during the first two years of President Biden's time in office. And Joe Manchin, by the way, up for election in 2024. So that's also something to keep in mind. He's really been a thorn in the side for President Biden and his administration and for Democrats as a whole. Uh, But uh, he's a Democrat coming from a very conservative state. And uh, I think that's the reason why he votes the way he does. All right, John Decker, White House correspondent. We appreciate the uh, time and analysis this morning. Thank you. Bye-bye.